How's it, everyone? Welcome to Let's Talk Digital with me, Audrey Naidu. On this podcast, you will find uniquely South African digital content brought to you from a local perspective across the industry. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation. Since the onset of COVID-19, we've seen a change in consumer habits, a cutback in advertising spend, and the adoption of new forms of media. Spend is predominantly shifted to both TV and digital. The question is, how does traditional radio keep up with this rapid change? Today, we will deep dive into the transition of linear radio to digital audio, talking to two leading industry experts, Itimaleng Litoho, Head of Media Market Intelligence, and Mark Wother, Head of Digital, both from MediaMark. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Great to have you with us. Thank you. Good to be here. Good to be here, Audrey. Before we begin our topic, would you like to give our listeners an opportunity to get to know you a little better? We will start with you, Tumi. Alrighty. Um, name is Itumi Lengletuko. Call me Tumi for short, which is, yeah, I relate more to that. I've uh, been in this media business or media industry for 14 years now. Loving it. Loving the numbers. Loving everything that I'm doing. Uh, radio being my passion. Um, started out at media market actually interestingly so as an intern and went to tv worked at dstv media sales back at media mark because as i mentioned radio is my passion and i love the medium and how it's just evolving and yeah something to know about me is that i love hip-hop music guys like I'm, i'm in love with the hip-hop culture what it's done and yeah and that that's that's me Cool. Um, I'm Mark Werther, so I head up digital at uh, MediaMark. I've been in digital pretty much most of my life. I started out at agency running with um, events. Uh, it's a small agency called Bizarre Balsanach. Um But, you know, straight after that got into to digital. And I, I guess the biggest focus for me has, has been you know, figuring out how best digital works with other mediums. So at, at Media24, I, I worked with um, digital and print, moved on to um, the, the space station, which is still a, a nice space company, but um, we, we worked very closely with uh, DSTV Media Cells, so, so worked with, with TV and digital there, and then on to MediaMark, where I've been focusing uh, pretty heavily on um, radio and digital pretty much the whole audio side of the, the business. So uh, it's a really exciting space to be operating. And, you know, there's there's very clear connections between digital and, and other mediums in, in so many different ways that you, you're pretty much surprised on a, on a daily basis. So so that's really where my passion stands is, is multi-platform. So guys, what new hobby have you picked up during lockdown? So, so I'm I'm focusing on on my my bonsai. So I've I've had some bonsais that I've uh, I've grown, you know, for for many years. So I've been trying to get those back into shape, um, and and getting the garden up and running as well. My wife keeps on beating me up about that. So so trying to keep busy. I think that's the the biggest thing to have lots of different projects. I think you might just uh, lose your mind. So so lots of DIY stuff going on and uh, and bonsai trimming for me. No. So I've started exercising. Uh, my wife and my daughter have got this routine thing that they've been doing. I've joined them. I'm not really good at it because I'm quite lazy. But yeah, that's one of the things that I've started. And I'm growing vegetables, guys. I'll actually send you guys a picture. I'm growing vegetables. 
um, planted spinaches and beetroots and tomatoes. So that's my new hobby. Hopefully I'll be a farm one day. Oh, I think that's awesome. I also love um, growing vegetables, but also taking up uh, walking. So I'm trying to keep up with the 10,000 steps a day. It's been tough, but I'm trying. So Mark, I think before we get into the topic, would you like to just expand on what exactly uh, MediaMark does? MediaMark's roots are in radio. Um, we started out a, a number of years ago, over 20 years ago, um, focusing on radio. Um, that then expanded out into other platforms, including digital, TV, um, and some outdoor as well. So, you know, it's, a, it's media independent. We, we deal with, with multiple different and, and very interesting partners. Um, and, you know, we, we really are able to build out, we've been able to build out the kind of business that, that we really believe would offer value to the market in, in terms of, you know, the, the platforms and the audiences that, that we can bring to the table. My focus is predominantly on digital, but there's an increasing overlap between radio and, and digital with, with live streaming becoming a, a really big play in the, in the market now. So um, I really do feel that I'm in a, I'm in a great space to, to make a, a big difference. Um, you know, particularly taking into account the quality of the platforms that we've got to, to bring together. So thank you guys for that great intro. I just want to now dig into the conversation of why we're here. Um, I understand, you know, based on previous conversations that I've had with both of you, um, that there is panic in the market um, since the lockdown in terms of uh, brands and reducing their advertising spend on radio. Do you guys want to give some context on that? I think to me, you, you did mention that um, earlier in our conversation that you've seen this um, trend. Yeah, um, so, so what we've been seeing lately is that a, a lot of the advertisers, and it's across the different sectors, it's not like specific to one sector. A lot of the advertisers have, have been pulling campaigns and some of them are pushing them out. Some of them are holding back because they're not really sure what's going to happen in terms of with the lockdown and how, the softening of the lockdown. But in my opinion, it, it's actually the wrong, the wrong time to actually do that because firstly, a lot of people are at home and what are they doing? They're consuming media, they're consuming radio, they're, consuming, they're on their digital platforms, they're on their phones, they're on TV. So in terms of consumption levels, they're quite high. And this is where advertisers and brands need to be taking advantage of this because you have listeners and audiences or consumers more aware of your messaging right now. You know, um, There's a couple of studies that have been done and that we did as well through our KM brands and our other radio stations where it shows that listeners are actually saying, they get to listen to their ads more actively. And secondly, if something interests them, they're more likely to go online or research about that specifically. So I understand the panic from the advertisers, but from a, from a logical perspective, it's the wrong time to do that. This is where you need to be top of mind. This is where you need to be communicating with your, with your consumers and keeping and reminding them as well that we're going through this tough time and we'll always be there for you. You'll re- it allows you to it allows you to build that relationship. So, yeah, you know, and I think there needs to be some form of education that actually goes out currently where we advise advertisers around the space to say people are listening, people are out there, they are tuning in. There's high media consumption happening right now because of the available time people have. So we need to take advantage of that. 
as advertisers and as media owners. I think, yeah, just from my observation, right, and, and maybe this could possibly give some uh, insight into why advertisers are doing it. Um, maybe it's, a, it's the type of communication going out to market that um, brands need to be more responsible, more authentic um, in terms of what messaging they put out to market. Could that be a reason why brands are hesitant, for example, to do... Um, you know, product type of messaging? 100. I agree with that. Um, the messaging should change, you know. Um, you, need to, you need to almost build that companionship with your consumer and let, letting them know that we are together in this tough time. I mean, it wouldn't make sense for a bank to be putting out, take a loan now. We know people are actually in, in financial consequences right now. You know, times are tough. But if your messaging talks to how we, are, we understand the tough times and how we're willing to work with you, how we can help you in these tough times. We'll give a better relationship with you and the consumers, you know, because your messaging shows that you are responsible towards them and you're thinking about them at the same time, you know. I guess the biggest, the biggest frustration on, on our side is that we, we're seeing this, this massive growth, you know, particularly in radio. I mean, the numbers have just, just really gone through the roof and, and We've also seen some significant sparks in our, our live streaming and, and most definitely on our, our website. So, you know, you look at it and you've got this audience that is kind of growing and, and, and you know, really consuming our platforms um, a lot more than, than what they did before. But, you know, the reality ultimately is that you can advertise as much as you want to. People can't go out and buy your product. There's, there's not a whole lot of use to it. So... You can definitely understand a, an advertiser's perspective on it. And, and I think that, that we've used this time to, to talk to a lot of brands more about, you know, sure, you're not going to push a lot of product now, but it, it's all about positioning your brand properly with the consumer. So when things do start lifting and this does start easing up, that, that you're there and you're present and people, people think of you first. So I think that's the biggest thing. And, you know, a lot of advertisers are also walking on eggshells. You don't want to be seen to be taking advantage of a already kind of bad situation, which, which COVID is right now. So you've got to be so careful about the messaging that you put out there. But, you know, without a doubt, you need to be planning for when things lift. So you need to have a strategy in place for that. And we've been working closely with our advertisers on that. But you also can't just disappear from the market now. You really need to position your brand in a positive way so that people do start, um, do remember you when, when things loosen up. I, I think, yeah, especially now with the, the president's announcement that we're shifting into level four, um, that kind of opens up um, new sectors um, in terms of where brands can operate. Um, I just want to talk about the numbers. You did mention, Mark, that you've seen... Um, stats that show that customers are actively listening to radio, uh, whether it's on digital. Um, what are the numbers telling you? So I'll, I'll speak um, purely from a, an audio perspective. Tumi has a, a lot of um, insight into the, the, the FM numbers. But what we've seen was, you know, March, in fact, was, was one of our, our biggest months that we've seen on digital audio. Um, we saw, you know, close on a, you know, a, a 
a 15 to 20% lift um, in unique connections. We, we saw a massive spike in the 23rd of March, which is obviously when a, a lot of the announcements had been made and uh, lockdown was starting. So no doubt that attributed to it. And, and that was one of the biggest days that we've seen on our digital audio platform. Um, you know, post that, we... And sorry, and, and another thing just to note is, is that our, our peak listening times also change. So, so we obviously monitor how many unique connections we get throughout a, a month, but then we also monitor kind of how they um, consume throughout a particular day. And, you know, from the beginning when we started doing digital audio live streaming, um, there's always been this kind of inflection point that we've seen from around about four or five o'clock in the morning. Where, where people start tuning into to digital audio, and it continues throughout the day up until you know around about five six o'clock, where it then drops and and you know people um, you know start using other mediums to to take in their entertainment, um, and, and that speaks to the fact that a lot of people use digital audio during their work time. So you know they they're quite happy to do it. You know, in the office when it's on uh, the, the boss's dime and a lot of places don't necessarily have radios or TVs. So, so that's where we, we see the, the uplift in that. With the, the coronavirus, what, what we saw was we, we suddenly saw a lift kind of, it, we still had the, the, the six o'clock, seven o'clock lift around about there. Um, but we, we started seeing a lift in the, in the evenings as well. So people was, were listening a lot longer um, into to the evening to to digital audio and and then they went on to to TV and and, and those kind of things. So it's changed the way that people have um, actually consume it. Um, unfortunately, we then started seeing, you know, toward the end of March, uh, a drop in in digital audio. And you know, we believe this to be because a, a lot of people um, kind of started realizing that it does cost them to, to actually consume it. So, so they started listening to FM, and I, and I guess this is where we're starting to see some of the lifts in, in radio. So I'll, I'll hand over to, to Tumi on, on that count. Thanks, Mark. Um, so as you know, for, from an FM, it becomes a bit difficult. You know that. So from a BRC perspective, we only get audiences from like quarterly, so to say. Um, so what we did uh, from a media mark perspective with our relative brands is that we ran our own surveys, just trying to understand in terms of listenership patterns and how listeners are feed. First of all, we try to understand in terms of listenership patterns. Are they still listening to radio? Um, and if they are, what are they listening to and what do they enjoy about radio? And secondly, what we were trying to get to is what content are they consuming at the same time? So with the surveys that we did, we saw, for example, on Jacaranda, 42% of the listeners saying they're listening more because they've got more time on their hands. And... Most of them, some of them are listening through, the, through streaming, like Mark mentioned. There's a lot of listenership on the app, which is through mobile as well, that we're seeing from an increased perspective. Um, so if you look at a station like Kakasi, for example, Kakasi FM, uh, the app downloads increased, I think, by like 78% between December and now. And finally, their, their, their download of the app is actually coming from Johannesburg, Pretoria mainly. So... From that, we started making these assumptions that actually people are listening for long. What we've also seen through the surveys is people are talking to how their times have shifted. So instead of listening from 6 to 9, they're more likely to listen from 8 to 12. And like Mark mentioned, 
nighttime radio has actually seen one of the biggest increases ever that they've ever seen. So if you look at the curve, usually, so the normal curve, you'll see a spike in um, morning drive, and then you see the audience remain stable throughout the day. And then now you start seeing a spike after seven. So consumers have made themselves available after seven o'clock as well, in terms of listening patterns, which is not usual on normal radio audience flow patterns. Another thing that we're seeing is that consumers or the listeners, they, they're a bit tired of COVID information. They're looking for different content. They're looking for something else. They're looking for something to lift their spirits, you know? And I think radio has done that pretty well because the dissemination of information, how the DJs have actually created certain programming features around engaging with the listeners. Like Martin Bester right now on Jacaranda, he's contemplating shaving his head live on IG, <laughs> you know? So we've seen massive, massive increases. And it's quite interesting how people actually find radio as one of those mediums um, that they, 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 they feel more passionate about or compassion towards. Because from an information perspective, it's there, it's now, it's immediate. So what you hear now on radio, you're probably going to hear on TV is going to come on at 7 o'clock. So from an immediacy perspective, from an information center perspective, from an entertainment perspective, we, we, we've seen huge jumps in numbers. What you guys are saying is very interesting. So I've got three takeouts. Mark, from what you said, what is the difference between digital radio and digital audio? Yeah, so we, we kind of separated, and we were doing it for quite a long time. We were separating out our terminology and we were talking about um, radio FM. We were talking about live streaming, um, which, which you know, we consider to be digital audio. And then we were also talking about podcasting. And, you know, they do have the, the difference between live streaming and radio. Is, I mean, there is no difference. It, it is really just a stream of, of what's happening um, on, on the station. Um, and, and podcasting is, is a little bit different. But, you know, we've really started to talk about it more as audio than, than anything else. So, you know, more and more people are going to stop differentiating between am I listening to FM now or am I listening to live streaming or, you know, what am I actually listening to? And, and it really is just audio ultimately. And, you know, a lot of the packages that we, we're putting together is, is, is a combination between, um, between FM and, and live streaming. And, and, you know, we believe down the line as well that a lot of the clients will, will stop differentiating between the two and it will be an audio bar ultimately rather than an FM or live streaming or whatever the case may be. Podcasting obviously sits quite quite separately from it, um, in that you know a podcast is kind of a it's a fixed segment of, of information. Um, it's it's interesting to people, and people will sign up to to you know whatever kind of topics they're interested in in listening to. It's it's quite bespoke um, in, in a lot of cases, so it, it's standalone. And and we also need to differentiate between you know what is on demand. Uh, an on-demand podcast versus with what is a, a bespoke one. So, you know, on-demand is really where we're taking a lot of those snippets from our shows and people can go and they can catch up on something, you know, really funny that happened on the station, uh, you know, whatever they, they're looking to to pick up on. Um, and, and then, you know, a, a podcast is a, is a bespoke thing. But we're also starting to see a, a shift in that. So internationally, people are starting to almost create their own kind of radio show. So it's, it's audio live streaming 
where they're taking a whole combination of podcasts. They've got music in between it. Uh, and this is what people are starting to, to consume internationally. So ultimately, the, the key word here is, is audio. You're tapping into audio and the strength of that medium and what it basically brings to, to consumers as, as well as advertisers. Yeah, interesting. I mean, we are actually doing a bespoke podcast. And if you classify it, this would be audio, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Much. <laughs> yeah. So I think audio is, is quite a powerful medium um, to consumers because you, you're actually in a very intimate space in terms of being present, but also being relevant. So guys, I think the second insight that I'm picking up is we're no longer speaking about linear radio and we see the shift to a multi-dimensional ecosystem. Because both you and Tumi mentioned content, but you mentioned radio and possibly video or TV together. How do you see this unfolding? So if you think back, radio is all FM, 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 FM. And when you listen and when we did research or you analyzing audiences, what you'd see is you'd see these two curves. So you'd see your morning drive curve. And after nine, you see audience starting to dwindle. And then from like half past two, 3 p.m., you start seeing this big curve, right? That audiences are starting to spike up. And a lot of advertisers always wanted to be in drive. It's drive, 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 drive. But what we've seen now through, through, the, through the development of technology and digital is that radio has become one of the most consistent mediums in terms of audience delivery. Now, because of streaming, you, what you start to see is that, yes, there's the morning spike, but there's a consistency of listenership that goes out through during the day. So where we were first told that audience availability is mainly on drive, now the narrative has shifted to audience availability is throughout the day. But now the biggest thing about that is that audience availability is not just on the radio as an FM or stream, it's on social media, it's on the digital platforms it's, that are linked to the radio station. So you could say the FM becomes the glue and then everything else, social media, digital websites, starts working around that, hence making radio the multidimensional platform it is right now. So it's, it's actually evolved with time. And thanks to technology, we, 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 we have multiple touch points from radio. So if, when building a campaign, you can't just FM it anymore. You need to think about the multiple touch points and the consumer engagement you can get with all the different platforms that are around uh, a radio station or the radio as a platform right now. So certainly a huge opportunity for brands to rethink how they use radio in a much more effective manner going forward. Ultimately, it's, it's show business that, that we're talking about, you know, whether it's, it's TV or, or radio. And uh, one of the big things that people are also saying, particularly around COVID, and I'm sorry I keep on going back to it, but I guess it is the biggest talking point right now. Um, it's the fact that, yes, they... People can listen to their own music and they can listen to, um, you know, spoke podcasts and, and, and all that. But people are still looking for the companionship that radio brings to them. So they want to reach out. They want to listen to those personalities. Yes, they, they want to use it for the news. I mean, that's been a, a major thing that has shown up during mm -hmm. this time period. But, but ultimately, it's about the, the companionship and, and being able to connect um, you know, people just want to connect ultimately. And we are starting to see more of a rise in, in demand for, for video. So, so people do want to see 
a lot more of the stuff that our, our DJs are getting up to. I mean, our YouTube channel does um, phenomenally well for us uh, across the board. Uh, I mean, Kaya has its own standalone um, platform as well for, for video, uh, though we've seen such such big uptake in it. So, so people are looking to connect now on different levels as well, um, even with, with radio. So the old saying is that you, you've only got a face for, for radio. <laughs> Is uh, <laughs> is probably going to change a, a little bit. So, so people in in radio are already starting to to come to the fore across multiple platforms now, rather than just you know a pure audio connection. Just to jump in there quickly, Mark, just to add on to what you're saying. So, one thing that that we also need to educate people or drive right now is how radio allow, allows for a dialogue. You know. It's not just about receiving the message. It's about audiences engaging with the DJs, engaging with the brand because of the affinity that they build towards that specific medium. So, for example, if, like you're talking about COVID, Mark, um, if Mark Besta or Alex Mtian at Kakasi FM decides to talk about the president's speech, his response from his listeners or the audiences is immediate. It happens now, you know, and it allows for two-way dialogue where other mediums are restricted in terms of that, you know? So one thing that radio allows people is the dialogue with the brand or the dialogue with the consumers. And it allows you to even engage with them further about anything, whether it's current information, tough times, whether it's economic downturns, and even in happier times, you know? So, so one thing that we always must remember is the dialogue and the engagement that radio offers. And it offers it on multiple platforms, from WhatsApp to calling in, to Facebook, to what, uh, what you call it, Twitter and IG. So that, that's one of the USPs that I feel we sleep on in terms of when we position radio, that consumer engagement is a possibility and it can be very high, depending on how you put your message across and how relevant it is to your consumers at the same time. So to me, you mentioned consumers a lot. And uh, I think what stuck out for me is you mentioned... Um, 78% app downloads. So I think there's an assumption that various section of audiences or our market population looking at uh, adoption challenges due to data cost, fiber, connection yeah. issues. How, how are you seeing this? Um, I mean, that's quite a high number. Well, what are you seeing in terms of people's adoption rate to smartphones and digital? I'll, I'll use Gagas as an example because Gagas is a very unique radio station when it comes to it. So they had a 78% increase on their app numbers, right, between December to date. But what you see when you look at the, the audience numbers, they listen, they go in for specific, specific content. Like it's, it's not streaming throughout the day or anything. You see spikes. And the funny thing with that station is that a lot of the spikes that you start seeing is from Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So on Friday, what you see is that the more popular music shows have a spike. The, on weekends, their top 40 on weekends is shooting up like nobody's business, which already tells you what people are going into that app for. I also mentioned in terms of regionality, Kakasi's streaming numbers are being driven from a Gauteng basis. So people are... <laughs> when pe people, the joke we made is that people are missing homes, hence they're downloading a lot of the apps because we know about the migration that happens between KZN and Gauteng. So, but from a cost perspective, and why I'm telling you that is that majority of the listeners, what we're seeing is that they're listening at night because of low data costs, because of 
better connection on, in some other areas. Whereas on stations like a Jack, for example, which is a more established market, high income and all of that, you can see that people are streaming throughout the day because they've got the connections. They don't have the, the challenges of data cost or streaming or fiber or anything like that. But I'm hoping with all these things that are being put in place by the Competition Commission that when data costs do actually come down relatively, not what they're putting together now, it will, we will see an uplift in terms of streaming numbers and the app downloads across all the platforms. So, yeah, very interesting that um, your listening uh, stats actually correlate with um, the cost and, you know, how people are actually <clears throat> doing uh, day versus night type uh, consumption of radio. Um, in terms of what the future holds, um, where do you see this guy at the radio moving towards post-COVID? I think live streaming is definitely going to become a something that's that's utilized a, a lot more. So so you've got a lot of people that were, were put into a position where, you know, you didn't have a choice. You had to come and, and work from from home. So whereas in the past you might not have been set up to um to actually work and to have access to the internet, a lot of the guys have taken that step now and they, they are, you know, up and running. Without a doubt, you know, the, the cost of data is, is still an issue. Um, I mean, I did a couple of calculations, and as I mentioned to you earlier, we did see some some drops in in the, the access of, of live streaming. So, live streaming on an hourly basis um, is probably around about it, it's it, it probably over a day you you'd get about eight hundred sixty four megs. It would take about eight hundred sixty four megs if you were to listen to it for around about 12 hours. Now, Vodacom one gigabyte package is, is around about, you know, it's 80 Rand. So it's not something that everyone can afford and it, it's always going to be a, a challenge. Um, you know, smartphones are becoming cheaper. 5G will become more accessible. Um, you know, we need the, the cost of data to, to keep going down to, to really kind of drive this, this medium. But what we're also finding is that the uptake of fiber has has been really good. So I think you know last year um, October we we had around about six hundred thousand connections on on fiber. Um, you know one point five million endpoints passed. So I mean a lot of the suburbs have been set up to to actually um, you know give people access to fiber. But you know that's only really people that can afford for, for that to happen. So, you know, we need the cost of data to come down. We need 5G phones. Uh, we need the cost of 5G to, to come down significantly for live streaming to, to really take off. Um, so, so without doubt, it, it is a big challenge and, and, and something that, that needs to be, be overcome. But it, it certainly doesn't seem to be holding people back from listening to live streaming um, you know, particularly during the time when they have actually got access to data at, at work um, yeah. and, and that kind of thing. I actually agree exactly with what Mark is saying. So one of the observations I made, so if you look at in terms of this, the, and we'll talk about cell phones, right? So if you look at the, the, the major cell phone guys, so your Samsungs, your Huawei's, they've actually adapted to the market by making cheaper smartphones that people can actually buy and have access to all these digital platforms. I feel that it's time that the network providers start accompanying that with coming with cheaper data costs and coming with more viable 
fiber costs and all of that to allow consumers to be able to enjoy the usage of their smartphones because the majority of people who buy smartphones have very stringent control of how they use their data because of the costs of data. But in terms of the future of radio, I think radio is probably one of the most one of the mediums that's going to stay relevant for a very long time because of how it's augmenting itself and how it's making itself relevant through the digital growth and all the digital developments that are happening and how it's managed to plug itself in uh, in terms of all the developments that have been happening from a technology perspective. So I think from a radio perspective, we're in a good space. Um, as we mentioned, the challenge right now is going to be the data cost. FM will always be FM. So like people must never forget that, you know, it will always be there, it will always be relevant, and the listenership will always stay consistent. And, and that's something that won't change anytime soon, from my view. And we're seeing the consistency from a PRC perspective, from all the different surveys that we're doing. Even some of the guys at Prime Media are mentioning that there's quite a consistent listenership from an FM perspective. So therefore, radio will always remain relevant. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think, guys, in terms of closing out, what would you like to leave our listeners? I think that where live streaming was considered to be something that was actually going to to kill radio, um, it, it's actually it's actually turned out to be you know completely different. It's actually feeding radio a lot more. So so t- if you take into account that a, a station like Jacaranda um, reaches up into to the north right now with its its FM footprint, um, you know up into Pumalanga, Limpopo. Uh, and, and those various regions, that was very much where it was limited to. With people taking up live streaming, what we've seen is people starting to access Jacaranda from across South Africa. So, I mean, we get a, around about you know 40,000 unique connections from Cape Town on a monthly basis. Uh, KZN is, is north of, of 30,000. So it's actually increased the footprint of radio and it's increasing the numbers as well i mean that's not even talking about the um the uptake from an, an international perspective which is just something that you you never really had in in, in the past and, and it just keeps on growing i i think one of the biggest challenges that we we're going to have from from a live streaming perspective and and you know stations across the board um is that you know radio is no longer just a certain footprint um, and, and it doesn't just compete on, on, on the basis of that footprint, you know, on a, on a kind of a, 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 a very specific um, basis. We are now starting to compete on a global scale. So mm-hmm. we are now competing with stations in, in America. And, you know, the more people start accessing live streaming um, from across the world and, and start, you know, reaching those those different stations, the, the more choice they're going to have and the more they will start listening to that. So it's really going to be about the guys that have got the best content, the best people on there, and that keep on coming, keep the people coming back on a regular basis. Those are the stations that are, are going to win. But, you know, it's an exciting place to be and it's, it's, it's changing all the time. You know, we certainly don't consider ourselves to be the, the absolute experts, you know, particularly when it comes to, to live streaming, we, we're learning on a daily basis and we're seeing new things on a daily basis. So, you know, we need to be flexible. We need to be agile. And, and I think advertisers also need to, to, to really keep a finger on the pulse around, you know, what's happening, you know, within this, within this offering. So on my side, from a, from a closing perspective, I just want to tell people and the listeners that 
radio will always be relevant. Radio will always be around. It's a companionship medium. Consumers have, have, have a relationship with the brands, with the DJs, and do not sleep on this medium. Use it wisely, understand it, understand how to maximize it, and it will yield the best results. But you just need to understand how it's evolving and how it's actually remained relevant. Okay. Thank you guys for your time today. And I really enjoyed the conversation. Um, it was good chatting to you. Thank you so much, Audrey. Thank you for the opportunity. Actually. Thanks, Audrey. Appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in today. A massive shout out to all my remote listeners. I really value and appreciate your support during this time. Don't forget to follow my Instagram handle, TalkDigitalZA. Send us your feedback. And who knows, you could be featuring on the next one.